Hello there. So, boat championships are well underway. Plenty of shock so far. And we look forward now to what this weekend has in store for us. Keelan Sexton now, looking to try and turn around back on a pirouette. Looking to try and level the game. His foot was right on the 21 metre line. He's going to cross in. It's tight. The umpire's a good look. He nods to the far side. What a score. He was about eight yards from the far sideline on the 21. Left peg on the left hand flank. What a score. Level game once again. With lots of excitement in the football provincial so far. And the Munster and Leinster hurling competitions look set to deliver the goods also. On today's show, we look ahead to another hectic weekend. Former leash hurling manager Cheddar Plunkett will chat all things hurling. All star Connor Glass talks to us about the big Derry Monaghan clash this weekend. And awfully legend Niall McNamee is in studio to talk all things football. That's all on the championship. Now, delighted to be joined by one of hurling's most passionate managers, uh, Cheddar Plunkett. You're welcome to the show, Cheddar. Thanks, Damien. Uh, the hurling season, it, you know, the Joe McDonough Cup has been underway for the last couple of weeks. It flies under the radar quite a bit. Before we look at this weekend's games, can you just give me your, your thoughts on that competition, your thoughts on the competition this year? And do we ever do enough to help the, the winners of that competition gain a foothold in the Lee McCarthy Cup and, and sustain a foothold in that competition? Look, it's a really, really good question. I think um, I, I think it's a good competition and it's probably a good competition, Damien, because the teams that are in it are, you know, playing roughly speaking at their own level. Hence, the competitive element in the games are good. Um, and we've had some really good games. I mean, Leash Carlo uh, last weekend being a case in point. Um, but, but it's the second part of your question I'd probably like to answer. And that is, um, you know, how can we use Joe uh, McDonough competition or the teams that are in that? How can we improve them enough that they're going to be able to uh, survive maybe at the at the top level and, and Division One of hurling as such. And look, that hasn't happened. Although this year, I, I think Antrim are probably probably mm. in a good position to have a cut off of that, and we might talk about Antrim and Wexford later on. Uh, but I, I think. You know, over the last number of years, when we look at uh, trying to grow hurling, it has, all, it has always been in um, coaching, in the coaching area and all of that. And to be honest with you, it's been a bit of a margarine spread. You've had some great people involved in it, Paddy Butler and Martin Brogley spring to mind quickly. Um, but look, the job is just too big. And to be honest with you, I think that the focus at that time on coaching should be really on uh, the organisation of a competition to make that competition a platform or a springboard to be able to sustain performance at Division 1. I think what has happened hasn't worked. Um, so it sort of brings me on to the second point. You know, there needs to be something radical to happen. And I think it needs to be rather than a margarine spread across uh, coaching and all of that. It's an organisational issue. Uh, you need to get conditions right, first of all. And I mean, this has been spoken about for a while. A director of hurling, but that person needs to have complete power, properly financially supported, uh, properly staffed. And the, the drop down from that needs a director of hurling in each county, again with one objective, to get his county up to that level, the ability to play at Division 1. And he needs to have complete power in his county. And, you know, again, properly funded and staffed and all of that. But the real issue here is the politics at Croke Park level, at Leinster Council level, and at county level. Some of these things, initiatives, have been tried in the past. They're not radical enough. They haven't worked. And we need to look at something different. Okay. The real beauty, Damien, about this is that of the Joe Mack counties, um, and if we include Antrim and Westmead and that, and I think there's probably seven counties, six of them are actually hurting in Leinster. So if you got this right, 
and let's say you had a project for that for five or six years and you got it right and four or five of those counties were able to survive in the Leinster Championship now you have a Leinster Championship with maybe ten teams which is a complete different entity than we have at the minute um, We have four big games to preview this weekend Cheddar and we, we will revisit your um, Joe McDonough conversation as the season goes on Just want to talk to you about the Munster Championship first of all Cheddar On Saturday Limerick versus Clare uh, Brian Lowen has uh, dropped Eamon Fowdy and he's brought back Ava Quilligan David Fitzgerald comes back in uh, do you give them? Do you give them much chance of going to Limerick and and winning that game? Because if they lose the second one to trot, it's a perilous situation. No, it is. And look, Munster at the minute is cutthroat. We might talk about Cork in a minute as well. Mm. Um, uh, look, any Clare team under Brian is going to be motivated going into Limerick, and you know the, 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 this is kill or be killed now for Clare I suppose you know Limerick have the two points in the board, and uh, look, Limerick were uh, Limerick. You know, we spoke before about Limerick and we said after the league semi-final and the league final that, you know, who was going to beat them? Well, look, Waterford hadn't beaten last Sunday. One little part of their yeah. game plan had to work and that was shooting from mm-hmm. distance. Um, but, but you know, will, will Limerick come come back, you know, seven days later um, and, you know, maybe not be as, as uh, um, you know, be as forceful as they normally are? And if that's the case, look, Clare hung in with tip. Uh, for for a long time, conceded some some poor goals earlier on, and there's not too many teams who come back and make a game competitive like that. And mm. and uh, you know, I give them a lot of credit for that. Uh, and you know, you go back to last year's Munster final. Classic. Uh, you know, Clare were one of the teams that had Limerick on their back, um, and they were they were the only one, to be honest with you, if you really look at it. And to have forwards to do it as well, which is you know, which 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 I think. Now look, I, I think it's hard to look past Limerick, Damien, yeah. to be honest about it. But but I, I think Clare are going to make a right fight out of that game. Okay. Okay, Declan Hannan named and Garrow Hegarty dropped. Will we wait and see about that? On Saturday night then, Cheddar also, Wexford and Antrim. Uh, two former teammates, two former tip goalkeepers together, maybe at underage, probably went to school together uh, alongside myself, Darren Gleeson, Dara Egan. Um, Antrim should have beaten Dublin last weekend or certainly could have had. So can you just look at those two games from each other, Wexford versus Antrim and Dublin versus Westmead? Um, well, I take the first one. The, the, the Dublin Westmead match is an interesting game as well. Joe Forreston will know an awful lot about Dublin, Damien. Mm. Um, and look, it's in Parnell as well. And, you know, it, it's hard to win in Parnell, as I know myself. Uh, but, but equally, on the other side, it might suit a team like Westmead going in there. I just think, I think of all of the teams, I think uh, Dublin... Uh, getting a pint out of K- out of Corrigan was really really good for them, um, and I think if they get uh, if they get a win on Sunday, they might have a momentum behind them for the rest of the championship. Um, uh, so they're, they're a team that I think are going to get better as the championship progresses and as they go momentum. And I do think they'll beat Westmead. And, on, on, um, you know, I think the, the, the last day, Kenny, the last day, won't help Westmead. And I know that myself. Sometimes when you lose big scores like that, it starts to eat away at your self-belief and confidence and a And briefly bit. then, Cheddar, Wexford Antrim? Um, I think it's going to be a cracker. I think Antrim are going to go down to Wexford. Wexford just don't seem to have the buzz they had maybe for the last couple of years. Um, I don't know whether that's injury or not. But look, Lee Chin, and particularly Damien Recker, huge, uh, huge uh, people to base. Wexford, very hard to beat in Wexford Park. I do expect Wexford to come through, but it wouldn't surprise me and would be a great boost for Joe Mack teams if Antrim did go on in a minute. Yeah, to be wide open there. On Sunday then, Cheddar, we've uh, Leinster and Munster again. Uh, two cracking games, to be fair. In about 50 seconds each, Cheddar, I'm going to test you on this one. Kilkenny, Galway and Cork and Waterford, would you look at it, Would you look at the two of those and just maybe what are the key points sticking out for you in those fixtures? 
Uh, Cork and Waterford, I'll take first, Damien. Um, uh, Cork, very, very unusual, un un unsettled team. Um, I think I looked at their league uh, semi-final team against Wexford. I think they're miss maybe missing five or six. And I'm probably surprised that they're missing a, a couple of players, you know, the likes of Robbie O'Flynn and a couple of those as well. Um, and, you know, they they haven't won an All-Ireland for a while. There's going to be a lot of pressure on Pat Ryan here to win. Mm. And if they're beaten on Sunday, they're playing tip the following mm. Sunday and, and tip will be coming down with a buzz. So they're out of the championship. If they're not winning on Sunday, I think they're out of the championship. Um, I, I, think there's, I think there's two things here. Um, I think Waterford were, were really good. I think David will probably maybe change his game a little bit. I think he, he mightn't have as many players back to field. I think he'll test Cork full back line. Bear in mind, on down, he's not full back. Yeah. Um, and I think he'll test the pace around there. The one thing I would say, and I'll tip it in Cork's favour, is, uh, you know, Waterford gave it absolutely everything seven days ago. Are they going to have enough energy in the tank to be able to sustain a game like that again next Sunday? I think if if they had if this, if this they had, had a week's break, they would have won this game, to be honest with you. But I'm just going to go with Cork based purely on that. But I think Cork really need to settle themselves down. I think they really need to find that grit. The really amazing thing about Cork, Damien, is that you would have said the Cork style of hurling was perfectly suited to the current way of playing hurling. But that actually hasn't happened. Yeah. And you'd, you'd, you'd say, what are the bits are missing? And I'd probably say that little bit of grit around the field, if you look back to the Tim Crowleys, if you look back to the Brendan uh, Cummins, if you look, go on back, back a little bit further to the Paddy Hegarty's, okay. people who made the team tick, they just don't seem to have got that mixed right but I do think that they should win on Sunday so it's in their own patch okay. and um, I think Waterford may not have the energy OK Robert Downey named the fullback then finally Kenny Galway uh, UPMC Nolan Park uh, do you see it as a, a fine return north side for Henry or will Derek Ling's army do the job here? Um, look again. The incredible thing about it, uh, that both championships, you know, there's going to be real turning points here, and you know, they're really brilliant championships. They're very between the teams here. And here's another game that you know you could sit in the fence and say this is going to be a draw game. <laughs> um, you know, it could always start off slowly like they did last Sunday, um, and uh, Kenny get a run in them, the, the forwards then, and, and, and to keep it out. Okay. Uh, but I go back to the Kenny issue. You know, have Kenny started their half back line first of all to be a dominant half back line, and secondly to be a, a, a provider of proper ball into the forwards. Um, I'd say there's a little bit of work to be done on that, yes. Um, I, I just think that, you know, Kenny and Nolan Park, they'll have a massive bit of pride in that. And, you know, certainly Henry, one of their greatest ever players coming into the park, you know, will motivate Kenny. Kenny people will want to win that game. I think they'll get out of it by by, you know, probably a couple of pints. But look, I, I could sit in the fence and say it'd be a draw match either, Damien. <laughs> OK, Cheddar Plunkett, thank you so much. And we'll chat to you again in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks, Damien. Now, we'll hear next from one of the best footballers in Ireland. When Conor Glass fires, Derry usually tend to fire too. They're all breaking forward. The game is over. Oshie McWilliams had the ball and he sinks to his knees in celebration. We've been watching Derry boys making history. They are the Ulster football champions for the first time in 24 years. And there's no Stuart and Clonus going to be able to stop this pitch invasion. I haven't had much time to reflect on it. Um, I've literally just gone from one game to the next, as cliche as that sounds. And whether it be from county back to club and then back to county, that sort of thing. So... Um, within that too I've started my own business too so as I said it's been a whirlwind of a couple of years and um, to be honest I've, I haven't regretted any of it and I haven't regretted my decision to come back home Can you tell us more about the business? I lived in Melbourne as most people know for five years and it's, it's known as the coffee capital of the world so I always had a passion for coffee and uh, nice food and brunch um, felt that Ireland and Northern Ireland especially could do with a bit of that um, so trying to bring that taste of Melbourne back to, to Mid-Ulster where I'm from and um, yeah open up a ca uh, coffee shop Connor, when you come back to, to Derry 
did you know much personally about Rory Gallagher? Everybody in Ulster football would know his credentials as a player, coach, manager, but what maybe has impressed you most about him since you, you linked up? Yeah, uh, I didn't know much about Rory, to be honest. I knew, obviously, he had coached uh, the, the Donegal team under Jim McGuinness um, and moved on to Fermanagh after that. Um, so I didn't know much about him before he came home, but to be honest, he, he sold me the sold me the song. Like he, when I first spoke to him, he had this ambition to, to do big things with Derry, which was pretty refreshing to hear. Um, so it did, it did, it was a good selling point. And when I came home, it, it succeeded my expectation of what uh, what sort of manager is. Yes, everyone knows that he's a good tactic coach and he's very smart. But he's he's a he's a players coach as well. Like he's very good with everyone on the team. He knows that our teammates inside out um, whether it be to go at someone uh, who can maybe take a bit more or nourish him so he is a, he's a player's coach I was at the Donegal Derry match behind almost closed doors maybe during Covid yeah. I got a, a, a bird's eye view into his coaching methods. He's, he's relentless for the, the full 75, 76 I suppose that's just the way he is and when things are going really well you have to buy into it like I guess yeah he pays he pays every match with you um, the amount of steps he would do during the game the amount of energy he would burn like he's, if, if he's out there playing with us um, and as you said, under closed doors, you probably got, there wasn't as less noise, obviously, as well. But that, I guess, that game hurt us a bit too. And um, that was a big driving factor for us going forward. And as I said before, he plays every game with us. And that's just the character he is. He got everything kind of in order. That's a big part of it. We always said the footballers there. But to get the commitment level, get the county board behind us, to get everything like that, um, that's probably the biggest change um, that all our dairy players would say. Um, he's brought like a professionalism to the county. Um, and that just allows the players to go out and perform each day. Just as regards the structures and all that, since we've come home, it's, it's become very compacted and very condensed. Uh, you know, there is a lot of talk out there that provincial championships could be squeezed out. How do you see that, particularly with, with the love of Ulster football and maybe the love of Munster hurling? Is there still space for provincial championships out there? Personally, I think there is. There is space, 100%. Um, this year will hopefully show it. Um, the Ulster Championship and, as you said, Munster hurling, it's a massive selling point and people do go to watch it. Um, maybe it's lesser to the extent in Connacht. Yes, it's probably came back the last couple of years between Roscommon and Mayo and Galway. Um, but in Leinster, it's, it's Dublin's kind of ruled the ro- uh, roost with that. When I was growing up, I, would lo- I loved going to the Ulster Championship. Um, it's always something I want to be a part of. Thankfully, I got to experience that last year. Um, but as you said, like the new structures are going to be tough for players to play year in, year out. Uh, whether yeah, it be... Yeah especially for a successful county and then a successful club. I had the first-hand experience of it last year and I had no break at all, um, which wasn't ideal. But I see the idea and the split season does work. If, Did you find it hard taking off your Glen hat and going back into the inter-county? Because even the night I was up in your clubhouse nearly the night of the meeting and you were back training all, almost immediately. Yeah, and it's just, that's just the part of it. Um, I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it. Like, I, I love the sport and I wouldn't be playing it if I, if I didn't. Um, but... If it, if it is year on year like that it will be tough on the body and t- tough mentally so you do need that break as well Will the weekend just be about getting space maybe d- defending your own your own setup, looking for the gaps against Monaghan because they held their space in Division 1 they had a fine win the last day you know them inside out as well like. Yeah you can never rule out uh, Monaghan um, one thing that probably helped them was they went under the covers a bit against um, against Tyrone and everyone was fancying Tyrone which that suited Monaghan Monaghan's been like that they've been underdogs so many times and they've come out on top so we know what they're like. We played them obviously first time last year. We played them a number of times, whether it be friendlies or in the kind of cup games. Um, Monaghan are similar to Mayo in that they love chaos. So the more we can keep the, the game on our terms, um, the better we'll be. 
Conor Glaster, who was chatting to me at the launch of the FRS Recruitment GA World Games that takes place in Derry this summer. Now, our final guest on tonight's show is an awfully and road stalwart, Niall McNamee. You're very welcome along to the show. Thanks, Damien. Niall, first thing, how's life? Uh, newly married, uh, business thriving. Uh, chat to me about all that first. Yeah, look, I suppose a, a lot of changes over the last few months. Obviously got married New Year's Eve, so um, that's kind of... Well, we've been together for maybe eight or nine years, so we're probably married before we were married, if that makes <laughs> sense. But uh, not much has changed since. But uh, no, look, it's been great. Um, obviously, we're very busy um, work-wise, uh, business-wise, stuff going. Um, a lot of challenges, stressful at times, but in, in fairness, you know, things are going well. I'm enjoying it at the moment. Are you enjoying it, Niall? And you, you had a new range of boots the whole time. You're all as dynamic, evolving that. Yeah, so the... the the, the company's uh, called 12s company 12s yeah the, the boots launched obviously last year and then the second batch were due in or come in there this year to start for the for the uh, for the winter months I suppose and then the hard ground ones are coming in now in the next week or two we should be launching them then as well so footwear runners on the way out as well in the next few weeks does so it take up constantly nearly all your time yeah it's just evolving all the time so you're trying to keep ahead of the game you're trying to design as, as you're releasing one product you're trying to design another one so it's always kind of there's there's no there's no end to it so if you're to kind of think there's an end game it's never going to come like it's just sort of a, a, a long process that just keeps going on, you know. we, we didn't even discuss this where are you at with football then because you, you kept a, I've, I've noticed you kept a very low profile I don't know if loads of journalists have been ringing you looking for a big grand announcement but um, I want to chat about a couple of things I want to chat about Offaly I want to chat about Liam Kearns and I suppose just your own your own situation too yeah so I suppose I, I would have spoke to Liam um, would have been before Christmas just had a couple of two conversations I would have said one was the week after the county final I think he was just trying to get a sense of where I was at and then obviously the week before or a few weeks before Christmas he rang again um, and we kind of just left it at look you're getting married away you go um, see how the next few weeks go and see how you feel I kind of got a sense from him that he was sort of you know happy enough that the time had kind of come from my own point of view and I kind of probably felt the same myself um, that you know obviously I think it's 20 years or so that we've been playing so um, I kind of got to a stage of uh, just seeing how the last few weeks would go now that with the change in season and stuff like that between the league running in and then there's only a two week gap from the league finishing to the championship starting there's very little time to get up to speed um, from my own perspective and I just would have seen it as you know if I was to go back I just wouldn't have been there in time then I, mean, I just wouldn't have got there I wouldn't have got the speed and time and I suppose as time has gone on then obviously other things take over in terms of work in terms of family and stuff like that so um, it's just been a few different uh, other stuff which is great you know there's other stuff outside of sport obviously um, and it kind of just evolved to that point where no phone call really happened I suppose me and Liam left it that we were going to have a chat some stage after Christmas and he never rang me and I never rang him and it was kind of it felt okay that look they've kind of moved on the thing is tipping away nicely lads are in good shape um, and for me then it kind of got to a point of um, yeah, I suppose not officially, but I suppose from my own point of view, it's 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 probably run its course to this point. And I suppose like you you had maybe call time before Niall and and maybe you were brought back out of it, and by God, you did a fine job. And I suppose you don't want to be making a big deal of it. I suppose either is that just the way it is? I mean, you you yeah. made your debut at seventeen years of age. You know, some service like a. 12 county titles in in the interim as well. I think it's 12 anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, obviously it's it's been a long it's been a long road like 2003 was when I made my debut. What's that nearly 20 years ago like it's been a long time like so I know no different really in terms of it, but the last 4 years have been incredible in terms of once I when I did retire and come back then in 2019 um I, I had so much fun for the last four years of it. Um, I'd say one thing now, I mean, even watching you playing in the Talton Cup last year, Talton Cup last year, like I thought you were in great form. I, I would still feel personally, it's easy for me to say this, but to be a lot for leaving you up top, having you coming around in the loop as usual, having you shooting over the shoulder, I don't think you'd be wanting in that stakes anyway, but I guess it's all the prep that has to go into that to get you up to on the field that day, I guess. Yeah, and I suppose even looking forward towards this weekend, I suppose, in the lads playing loud in Crow Park and Leinster semi-final, you know, there's a part of me who said, geez, I'd love, you know, he'd love to be there and uh, you said that'd be, you know, there's a lot of fun in that and getting on the bus and you're going through and you're guard escort into through Dublin and into the Crow Park. 
But then when I looked then, say if you were to be there on Sunday, and then do I really want to go train on Tuesday night? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. And, and, that's, and that's where I'm at with it, I suppose, to be honest, because, again, where I'm living at the minute, it's an hour, maybe a little over an hour to Kilcormack to train, and um, for me to get there at this stage of my career, I need to be there maybe at six o'clock in the evening to get uh, everything done. And maybe, for, for you might be tempted to contact Mark Murphy or something like that. You, you have a business, you, you know, you have a, you know, you're, you're just newly married, you have other stuff going on too. And Yeah, absolutely. And I, 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 I'd have no, I suppose, from my own perspective, you know, a team and a squad would be very, very important to me in terms of how the lads gel and stuff like that and for someone I'd never uh, even contemplate that, that scenario of you know ringing and trying to it wouldn't it wouldn't even cross my mind and as well as that I suppose what's happened for the lads over the last number of weeks um, obviously with Liam Cairns passing away you know it's amazing when you're in a squad and in a, in a group like that how that connects a group and how it brings them all together and so that's kind of what you're sensing now but awfully as they're playing games you know there needs to be a real togetherness about them yeah um you know, no more than yourself, Liam would have been on the show and like uh, you can see both himself and, and Martin's fingerprints are all over the squad. What's changed from a football perspective with Offaly and how do you rate their chances this weekend, Niall? Yeah, I think they've been a great shout to be honest. As I said, they seem to be playing with a real togetherness in terms of working really hard for one another um, and really getting the best out of themselves. Obviously, they've still a lot of very, very good footballers. This time of year will suit them in terms of pace. A lot of pace in that team. Um, I think Rory Egan's probably out injured this weekend. He is injured, yeah. hamstring, So he'll obviously be lost but um, there's huge pace as the ground gets a bit harder that team's only going to get better um, now I think we played them in 20 played loud in 2021 and um, we beat them after after mm, that was time. an epic as well yeah so like you know the form is there and obviously loud have probably progressed a little bit since then and there's a lot, been a lot of turnover I think I checked the team from the team that played Cork last year the off team that played Cork in the last league game I think there's only five in that team that started last weekend um, now some of the lads would have been injured maybe Keane Farrell wouldn't have been injured David Dempsey would have been injured last year that would have played those games if they were fit um, now obviously they're all back for this weekend as well so I'll give them a great chance um, it'll be a difficult one and depends obviously how loud set up if they're a little bit over defensive awfully sometimes can struggle with that kind of a setup. but um, you know it's a, it's a great place to be you know it's exciting for them It is it's is great to see awfully coming good in both codes again Niall mm. Kildare and Dublin I mean Kildare haven't had a great year let's be honest about it I think they won three games in Division 2 and, and Dublin seems to be slowly getting their act together although not fully either but mm. is there only one outcome here like in Dublin's we've had this conversation before Stephen Cluxon has 16 Leinster medals Dublin haven't been beaten in Leinster since 2010 I think yeah. uh, you know that was that's when Mead bet, bet loud mm. how is, is there only one outcome of this game yeah, so I suppose you'd be looking at Dublin over the last number of years. Like Mead got actually close enough to them, I think about two years ago, and you're sort of saying, geez, you know what, maybe you're coming back to the pack a little bit. Um, don't see it happening now, though. Um, after whatever's after happening in the last, say, six months, they really seem to be clued in. Um, I think Pat Gilroy coming back in in the back room. They seem to be a team now that are doing everything for Dublin as opposed to... Can you, you know, see they, that change? They don't care. Uh, they don't care who they have to bring back in or they don't care who uh, gets involved at the end of the day all they want is for Dublin to win and that seems to be the case with it. and I'd say it probably happened over a number of years with like Jack McCaffrey leaving Mannion not playing no matter how much you enjoy it and how much you're winning eventually you might get to a point of well is this it is this all it is and then when you lose for a couple of years it kind of reinvigorates guys again to say actually let's go when you need to get the show back on the road here so their boys are all back they're all mad for action um, you see against like 4.30 4.30 like some scoring like. It is um, so I'd, I'd say for this weekend Again, Kildare could set up ultra defensive to could hold them. Like Loud would have held them well in the last league game in Crow Park for the first half, and then Dublin just let loose then in the second half. I, I probably will see something similar happening uh, at the weekend. Ulster Championships kept football going for quite a while. Can you just talk to me about maybe 
would you look now at changing the provincials completely or would you keep the likes of Ulster going in some shape or form and will you look at the two games for me as well because you've Down and yeah. Armagh and you've Derry Monaghan and there's a lot in there I know that yeah no I think I think from the from the Ulster point of view um, or from the provincial championship point of view I know I was at a, on a call a couple of years ago about the, the restructuring of the championship um, and one of the messages coming from Crow Park at the time was I actually asked why would the All-Ireland club final not be played in December along with the All-Ireland say Hurland semi-final mm. and then wait till after January it's very unfair and players that maybe were playing inter-county then have to go straight back into a league uh, campaign with their with their with their counties after the All Ireland Club final, um, and it was put to me that it's very hard to make change. So generally, what happens is you have to kind of bleed stuff in quietly, and then eventually you will get to the full what we actually want. And I have a feeling that is what's going to happen with the provincials. I feel that um, a lot of the main teams that have been winning provincial championships over the last maybe ten years or so, 10, 15 years. Not that they're going to lose interest in it, but eventually their their main priority is going to be the group stage of the, the championship, and I think that could end up happening that to bring that forward then in the year maybe to replace the inter- or the the pre league competitions that uh, the the provincials pre- could be ran off tr- okay. before that, um, and still have your provincial championships, but they'll be ran as and no pre season competitions. Exactly, then. yeah. Okay. I, I think that could be the way that's going to go. Now again, I could be yeah. completely wrong on it, but again, the games of the weekend, you know, down in Armagh. It'll be tight. Conor Laverty after the boys winning in their twenties on Wednesday night. He seems to have them going fairly well. They seem to be organised. The cool lads are back. They're moving well. They seem to have a bit of good bit of a togetherness. That win against Donegal really will have gelled them together. Um, and um, I can't see past Derry um, in terms of where they're at. We played them a couple of times the last few years in the league, and Jesus, uh, I've never seen a team to get as many men behind the ball and as many men ahead of the ball as quick. Wow. It's unbelievable how to do it. Um, that transition. Transition's unbelievable. Like the break, the break, they'll turn you over, but they don't all go at 100 miles an hour in terms of whoever is on the ball, he mightn't go, but everyone else is just gone. And then they'll hold the ball to a point when they know we've enough men up the field and then they all go. Um, and I just think they'll steamroll. I think they've too much. I have two last questions for you. I presume road are your focus now for the next few years. And secondly, what do you make of the evolution of Gaelic football now? Um, yeah, so obviously I'll say we're back with Road and we're back after we go home from honeymoon and start tipping back into that. And uh, again, it's amazing when you're playing into county. You know, you need to be kind of peeking around this time of the year to get going. Whereas with the club, you're sort of you're able to bleed it out a little bit longer and say, okay, we can extend it a little bit more. So I'd say I'm probably at about seventy percent of where I need to be at the minute. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll get there hopefully by the time the the championship comes around. Um, okay. And football, in, in a sense. Uh, Sometimes it's not nice to watch. I, I'll say that in terms of from a spectator's point of view, when you know it's a lot of possession, holding on to possession. Um, but as a player playing in those games, um, sometimes it can be it can be disheartening mm-hmm. if you're in the full forward line, as an example. But when you're really well coached and you're coached to a system and coached to a plan, and you see it working out on the pitch and you're playing it, it's a brilliant feeling. Um, so I can understand why there's so much coaching going on and how teams and players are are are, are enjoying it and are adapting to it. Um, obviously, I'd love a. Wide open man on man fullback, ball. exactly. Yeah, but it just doesn't happen anymore. But again, it 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 you know it 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 it, it appeals to different players and different strengths as well. I won't congratulate you on your career because you've lost the goal yet. But well done on your time in in the the green, white, and gold. And thanks for coming in for tonight's show as well, Nile. No problem. Thanks, Damien. Nile McNamee there. That's it for this week's show, folks. The program was produced by Gary Moran. Dave Gibson was on sound. From myself, Damien Lawler. Stay safe. We'll chat again next week.